With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay, I'm back. So basically, all I was saying, as long as we're getting such and such results, then I can't deny what whatever it is you're doing is working, so I'm going to leave you alone. I thoroughly enjoyed dealing, buying, selling, and hiring. The pressure was always on, but each time that I approached the boiling point, I reached for what I called the Jesus chair. Who? <laughs> this is interesting. Hmm. Mm. 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 Wow. That just stopped me right there. Mm. I'm I mean because I I'm seeing I mean like at the my old church they used to have a mercy seat. You know, and I just see that as far as faith, but even more so because I'm having a chair which is just for Jesus and everybody understands and knows it. And I'm really not concerned if you don't, but I know it. That's even going past confession that's put in the chair. That's that's just, that's, I mean, that's like inviting him in, but inviting him in, you know what I'm saying? That's That's deep. Hmm. I like that though. I like that. Hmm. I thoroughly enjoy dealing, buying, selling, and hiring. The pressure was always on, but each time it approached the boiling point, I reached for what I call the Jesus chair. This was a chair I had purposely placed in my office. When things became unmanageable, I would close the door, kneel by the chair, and ask for divine guidance. Repeatedly, God provided it. Sometimes he did it in a quiet way. At other times, he gave me specific directions. More than once, he performed business miracles in answer to those prayers. It was so reassuring to know that Jesus was there and that he he had anointed me for the job I had. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I, I guess what I'm really envisioning is the altar. You know, I, I guess that that's what's sticking to me. I'm standing out an altar, a pulpit, but that one, you know, even a closet. You know how to go into your prayer closet. Same scenario. That's that special place as representative. This this is the specific purpose. Mm. That's interesting. In spite of constant pressure when it worked, I felt good about my job. However, 
when at church, that was not always the case, especially in meetings where the call to the ministry was discussed. Why? Because some well-meaning but misguided leaders looked down on my occupation. Time and again, they would demand, when are you going to go to the ministry? You don't live by faith but by sight. At work, you hang around sinners, people who drink and smoke. You have a calling on your life. Do not be rebellious. Leave everything and go into the ministry. The criticism from my spiritual leaders was confusing and frustrating. It was confusing because deep down, I knew that God was with me at work as much as he's with me in church. I experienced God's presence in both places. At work, my spiritual assignment was to make Christ known. At church, I was to learn, worship, and lead others into a deeper relationship with God. The primary difference was that on the job, I depended exclusively on works such as business miracles. By this, I mean that in order to fulfill the mission God had given me there, his guidance and supernatural in intervention were essential. Besides, I could not afford to separate my job from spiritual things. I would not... Oh, Father God. Mm, mm, mm. Besides, I could not afford to separate my job from spiritual things. I would not have lasted one day if it had not been for the constant power and presence of God at work. I got to read that again. Criticism from my spiritual leaders was confusing and frustrating. It was confusing because deep down, I knew that God was with me at work as much as he's with me in church. I mean, see, this is why you really have to know the voice of God. You really have to have a personal, intimate relationship. You must be able to distinguish his voice from among other voices so that you can be able to walk according to the path that he has set. I knew that God was with me at work as much as he was with me in church. I experienced God's presence in both places. At work, my spiritual assignment was to make Christ known. At church, I was to learn, worship, and lead others into deeper relationships with God. The primary Morgan, go see about your grandmother, please. Put your spiritual hat on and go see about your grandmother, please. The primary difference was that I, on the job, I depended exclusively on work such as... Mm. At work, my spiritual assignment was to make Christ known. At church, I was to learn, worship, and lead others into deeper relationships with Christ. See, and that's what caught me right there. At work, my spiritual assignment was to make Christ known. By being example. Really, and, and when he said, 
The primary difference is that on the job, I depended exclusively on works because when you were in such a point that you make Christ known really by, just like I said, by the results because everything you do is you're listening and you're listening to hear from God and you're trying to see what you need to do. And the results speak for themselves. Like I said, the proof is in the pudding. And, and because of that, Christ is known. Because of people see the difference. They see things that would not have occurred occur. They see differences in lives and things change because of the fact that you choose to grab hold of the word of God and stand on the word of God. And because you're doing that, that's allowing the presence and the power of God to come in. And see, that's the key. It's a whole different thing from allowing the power of God to intervene when you avail yourself and apply it. You're opening yourself up. And when you're stuck in a situation that only God can change, and people say, ain't no way, but they see constantly God working out, that's how they're seeing God in you. That's how they're seeing it, and there's no denying it. There's a difference. That's God. And that's why I say, well, Mark's whole thing, you know, I, I don't understand your faith thing, but it's interesting. All right. It's interesting. So this is what, what, what you have to learn. And, and listening, it's funny. They're talking about the voices, you know, of other people telling you what to do, how to do it, what you need to do, a blouse, skip it, woo, woo. You got to be rooted. You got to be firm. And you got to be assured, because if not, you'll be led astray by what people are telling you to do. See, and see, this we're coming back now to spirit, soul, and body. This is why you need to know the differences between your spirit, your soul, and your body, and who's leading you. Understand, again, the only thing that can separate your spirit and your soul is the Word of God. See, you need to have that understanding and be able to walk accordingly. If not, you're going to be misled by good intentions. If not, you're going to be misled by, by people trying to tell you this. You must be in tune with the holy God and let him guide you. And what's going to happen is when you're walking that way, there's a covering. There's protection, not just for you, but for all that surround you. Again, that's why I'm going back to what Mark said when a lady is interested. I don't quite understand this, but I, I see a difference, and I see things manifesting that would not have had taken place. So I don't know your God, but I'm beginning to say, you know what? Man, he might be real. You want to something. See, that's how God manifests, but that only happens through application. One more time, the criticism from my spiritual leaders was confusing and frustrating. It was confusing because deep down, I knew that God was with me at work as much as he was with me in church. I experienced God's presence in both places. At work, my spiritual assignment was to make Christ known. At church, I was to learn, worship, and lead others into deeper relationships with God. The primary difference was that on the job, I depended exclusively on work, such as business miracles. By this, I mean that in order to fulfill the mission God had given me there, his guidance and supernatural intervention were essential. Besides, I could not afford to separate my job from spiritual things. That, that's the line that floored me right. Because I, I, if I don't hear from God, I know this is going to fail. And so many other things are tied into that. It's just amazing. Because, see, we tend to see we want to put God over here in church 
but not over here in our workplace. So there's no, 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 no. I understand God is my source for everything. That would I I I, I floored myself, and I, I'm glad that I heard myself say what I said. It said, I said, you know, how can I now? Only because I see just a little bit way out. I see now. Okay, I think I see a way out. So how can I now take the hand on the realm and begin to lead this thing? Where when I didn't have a sort of clue whatsoever how any of this was going to work out, and I, I saw and depended totally on God. So in other words, he has not gotten me to this point, and now I'm going to take the reins over. No, 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 dude, you better. I, I, I'm glad I heard myself say this. I can slap myself, say, no, you need to keep walking as you've been walking. You seek him, whatever he tells you to do, you do it, and you trust him for the outcome. Because as soon as I put my hands on that realm and say, I got this now, that's going to be the moment I'm going to start to leave this thing in a destruction. See, that's the type of understanding and relationship and walk. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about it's dependent upon miracles. And, and, and then people see it because they can't deny The proof is in the pudding. See, that's the power that people need to have in these last days that's going to break the yoke and the bondages off of people's lives, not the religion, not the false. And ain't going to be no discussion about who's God and your ethics. Really, really, truly, can your God do this? Then if not, back up. Back up, see, but you got to be trained to walk in that. It doesn't happen overnight. You got to be trained, humble, submissive, and obedient, and let God work through you. And I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be scared. You're going to be uncomfortable. You ain't going to like it, but get up over it and keep moving. Another reason I felt compelled to stay on the job was that I was informal pastor to my business associates. Come on now, Mark Easter. Mark Charles, Mark Eden Charles, Mark Charles Eden. I was an informal pastor to my business associates. Quite often I found myself in smoke-filled rooms praying with them or at a party ministering to members of their families. Some of them received the Lord. None of this was short of a miracle considering that most of them were staunch Catholics who were part of a social class far above that of most people in my church. How could all of the ministry on the job be so bad, I wondered. It was frustrating because I respected my elders, and my eyes not to follow the leading was tantamount to rebellion. I was also perplexed because when help was needed in matters involving the government, finances, or employment, those same leaders did not hesitate to ask for my call. See, mm, mm. I'm going to slap you, Mark. I'm going to slap you. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. You know, and that, that's why you have to walk in humility. That's why you have to keep yourself out of it and keep your eyes on Christ. Because when the same people who dog you out, who shut it up, talk about you, who for I did shut it up, I are the same ones who come and seek and need your help. That is not the time for you to rise up in pride or flesh, or you need my help now. No, that's the time that you walk in Christ-like humility and say, okay, this is what you need to do. So if you're truly trying to be a Christ example, oh, it, it might get you. Oh, come on now, depending on where you at, and your growth and your walk, it might, it might, it might. 
but that's the example God needs us to set. That's true Christian living. That's true Christ-like living. To allow God to work you, work through you and in you through that matter. You talking about truly life-transforming? It speaks for itself. You don't have to say a lot. That's true power, grace, mercy, and favor. Because you know what happens? You've gotten to a point in your walk because you recognize, well, just like I said, I'm not the one who got me here. It's Christ. Like I was, who was that prince said, we got to quit trying to be leaders and learn to be followers of Christ. And anybody that's walking behind me, they're also Christ. That's how we need to be. That's who God's trying to raise us up to be. Woo! It was frustrating because I respected my elders. In my eyes, not to follow their leading was tantamount to rebellion. I was also perplexed. Because when help was needed in manners involving the government, finance, or employment, those same leaders did not hesitate to ask for my assistance. If I were so contaminated, why why were my money and my services solicited so often? I have a wonderful wife. Ruth and I have been married for 33 years. We have four children and six grandchildren. When we got married, we acknowledged that our lives and careers were the Lord's and that our highest aspiration was to serve him fully. Eventually, God led me to exchange my business career for church ministry. I vividly remember the day I submitted my resignation. My bosses did not want me to leave and kept pressuring me to name the price that would cause me to reconsider. After successfully turning down a string of very tempting salary increase offers, Ruth and I left town to take a pastorate where the remuneration was 30 times less. The lower income did not bother us, even though our first child, Karina had just been born, and this meant increased expenses. We have never regretted taking that steep, taking that step, but in 1999, I unexpectedly came in touch with a very tender spot in my soul. Later in this book, I'll provide the details of how this came about, but its essence was a discovery that, deep down, covered by a wall of human-made shame, they buried the fact that God had anointed me for business with the same anointing that I was so familiar in church ministry. This discovery led me to understand that the day I attended my resignation, I did not leave something bad to go into ministry. I had been a minister all along. Once my eyes were open, I was again able to get guiltlessly in touch with the joy I had when I was running three businesses. For the first time in more than three decades, it was good to feel no shame and worldliness about it. I felt the prodigal son being embraced by the Father and given new robes. The Holy Spirit has since illuminated scriptures that clearly teach that there is divine anointing for business. As a result, many portions of the word have come to light to show that those called to make the marketplace their parish already have the fullness of the Holy Spirit and all of his gifts to take the kingdom of God to the heart of the city. In order to do this, they are entitled and expected to use these gifts in the same fashion that professional ministers use them when they stand behind a pulpit. Practically, this means doing business in the power of the Holy Spirit and having church all over the city. 
just as the early church Christians did see Acts 2 and 42. Even though I was not able to express it so clearly in my youth, this was exactly what I used to do in my job because I had been anointed for business. To be anointed for business is to be, is to be set aside by God for service in the marketplace. Once anointed, we are to use our job as a ministry vehicle to transform the marketplace so that the gospel will be preached to and heard by every creature in our sphere of influence. The same principle applies in all areas of the marketplace, business, education, and government. Doesn't that line up with the seven, the seven kingdoms, the seven mountains? Doesn't that line up how God needs to bring his kingdom of the world, kingdom of heaven down here to the kingdom of earth? But I like how he said the Holy Spirit began to reveal to him through Scripture. Because the same Scriptures he had been reading, now because he was at point, a certain place in his life, the Holy Spirit now begins to illuminate him and remove the scales from his eyes so now that he can see exactly what it is that God's calling him to do. Hello. Hello. You know what? I, I I just came I just came on the call, but you know, um, I've been struggling with the whole thing about being an entrepreneur and stuff like that. And and then when you were talking about the selling pillars and we talked about education and business and yada yada yada. And so one of the one of the things that he kept taking me back to. I'm sorry, let's take over here now. Um, was Proverbs thirty one. And I've been, you know, looking at that and looking at that and looking at that and um and he considers the church to be his wife and when you oh Lord and when you look at what the wife was doing the power of a 31 woman, what she was doing, what the church should be doing, it breaks down the same way what you're saying. It's either the marketplace um, with the children, something with service. It has business, you know, being a manufacturer, being a, a solicitor, being an evangelist. All those things are broken down in that particular chapter. So it's like we have to decide now what is our strength. What is, you know, what it is that we're supposed to be at, what mountain, what ministry, what whatever. And so just just the way you were breaking that down, it brought it back to me again about seeking and finding out exactly what ministry is yours. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to put a round hole, a round peg into a square hole, you know it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know you want to be able to fit exactly where God wants you to go. So you have to be receptive to His leading. You can't say I want to be a business, and He's telling you, yeah, but you're more for the service end and not the idea end or whatever. So it, it's just, yeah, you got to just be, yeah, 
Anyway, come back, come you finish. Oogie doogie's movie. I'm going to read this again. The Holy Spirit has since illuminated scriptures that clearly teach that there is divine anointing for business. As a result, many portions of the word have come to light to show that those called to make the marketplace their parish already have the fullness of the Holy Spirit and all of his gifts to take the kingdom of God to the heart of the city. In order to do this, they are entitled and expected to use these gifts in the same fashion that professional ministers use them when they stand behind a pulpit. Practically, this means doing business in the power of the Holy Spirit and having church all over the city, just as the early Christians did in Acts 2 and 42. Even though I was not able to express it so clearly in my youth, this was exactly what I used to do in my job because I've been anointed for business. To be anointed for business is to be set aside by God for service in the marketplace. Once anointed, we are to use our job as a ministry vehicle to transform the marketplace so that the gospel will be preached to and heard by every creature in our sphere of influence. The same principle applies to in all areas of the marketplace, business, education, and government. Anointing is an important subject in the scriptures that is often associated with oil, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Pouring, rubbing, smearing something on someone with oil was a biblical way to indicate that a person, item, or place had been set aside for divine use, Genesis 28 and 18. When a person was anointed, a large amount of oil was poured on the head to symbolize the totality of the person was set aside. Such an anointing was done for full-time consecration. Kings, priests, prophets, and places were set aside in toto, T-O-T-O, for divine service. Part-time anointing or anointing for part-time ministry is not found in the Bible. Mm. 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 Part-time anointing or anointing for part-time ministry is not found in the Bible. In Psalms, we're shown the picture of oil running down the head, the beard, and eventually the robe of Aaron, Psalms 133, 1-3. The passage compares anointing to the dew of Hermon, which comes down upon the mountains of Zion. Abundant, overflowing, enveloping, transforming anointing is what we see in the Psalms. This level of anointing is precisely what God has in mind for people in the marketplace. He wants to... This level of anointing is precisely what God has in mind for people in the marketplace. He wants to anoint them with so much of his Holy Spirit that they will open their eyes to so that sinners will turn from the darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, Acts 26 and 18. This anointing is meant to transform people and their environment. Oh, come on now. Woo. Oh, shout out! Can this get there? Did it go bull? Hand rumbo? Did it go say? Did it go sandran? Did it go sandish? Go to the combo saka? Hand rashi? Did it go say? Did it go brand? Did it go Father God, I just praise your name, Lord. That's the condition. Wow. Hmm. I'm gonna read that again. 
This love, I'm, I'm going to start up here. In Psalms, we are shown the picture of oil running down the head and the beard. Eventually, the robes of Aaron in Psalms 133 and 1 through 3. The passage compares to the anointing of the dew of Hermon, which comes down upon the mountains of Zion, abundant, overflowing, enveloping, transforming anointing is what we see in this Psalms. This level of anointing is precisely what God has in mind for people in the marketplace. In the marketplace. In the marketplace. Mm, mm, mm. He wants to anoint them with so much of his Holy Spirit that they will open their eyes so that sinners will turn from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God. 26 and 18 of Acts. This anointing is meant to transform people and their environment, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in God. Acts 26 and 18. Jesus promises that believers will be filled with the Holy Spirit, cast out demons, neutralize lurking threats, serpents, survive evil schemes, superstitious poisonous drinks, and make sick things, sick things well, Mark 16, 17-18, primarily applies to the ministry in the marketplace. There are two reasons for this. First, the context for Jesus' words is, com- is the command, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, Mark 16 and 15, emphasis added. The process described by Jesus is definitely centrifugal and expansive. The entire world... The totality of creation must be the focus of the mission entrusted to us, not just a church building or a gathering of believers. Second, only demons with suicidal tendencies would dare hang around spirit-led, Bible-centered church meetings. Most demons spend the bulk of their time in the command centers that still control unredeemed business, education, and government circles in most cities. It is precisely there where God's power is desperately needed and who is already strategically positioned in those places, believers who are called to minister into the marketplace. Since I wrote that none should perish in prayer evangelism in the ministries team at Harvest Evangelism, Harvest Evangelism, whatever that is, Evangelism, whatever, the organization that I lead has been deeply involved in city-reaching thrust all over the world. We come alongside pastors to help them motivate, train, and mobilize members of the congregation so that every person in their cities will have someone praying for them each day. In the last 10 years, we have seen significant progress. A number of prototypes have emerged, and there have been significant breakthroughs in many cities. So, in other words... We come alongside paths to help them motivate, train, and mobilize members of their congregations so that every person in the city will have someone praying for them each day. They got somebody's interceding on behalf while they're doing the work that needs to be done. Because you need to be, oh, that's getting right back to what Mark talked about when he was in his training to, to um, prophesy. I had to have him break that down to you, but I can't do it. But anyway, a lot of times we need to be covered 
when we're speaking, but we need to be covered because there's so much that's going on that's beyond the natural. You know, just like when when the president is speaking, well, I'm irregardless, but when the president is speaking, he's focusing on what he's doing, speaking, talking to whoever it is he's talking to. But he has CIA agents all around him just looking through the orders, looking for guns, looking for this, this, anything that would symbolize a threat so that if anything comes up, they can grab him and get out of the way because he's your open target. So it's the same thing. When you're doing that, which God's called you to do, you need to have someone alongside, quote-unquote, armor bearers, those who know the word and can you skillfully use the word. I ain't talking about somebody just come along and gossip and talk about what happened. No. Because the enemy is what? All the while, sleek and steal, kill, and destroy. So these are things that we're learning as we're growing up in the spiritual game. We come alongside pastors to help them motivate, train, and mobilize members of the congregation so that every person in the cities will have someone praying for them each day. In the last 10 years, we have seen significant progress. A number of prototypes have emerged, and there have been significant breakthroughs in many cities. Yet, these new insights concerning the marketplace have energized city-reaching thrusts like nothing else has. In places where the movement has stalled, bringing business people Educators and government leaders on board has like been adding boosted rockets to a sputtering airplane. But the most extraordinary benefit has been the revival, the renewal, and the lives of Christians in the marketplace. These men and women have always had the desire to do something extraordinary for God, but they have been stopped by the limitations imposed on them by the old paradigm. Consequently, when it comes to accessing their roles in the marketplace, they have seen themselves in spiritual prisoners of war desperately trying to survive with dignity in an evil environment. Because they were taught that the marketplace is off limits to the fullness of the kingdom of God, they never felt empowered to embrace the possibility of seeing it transformed. The best they dared hope was to be good witnesses and maybe lead someone to Christ. Thus, the notion that the kingdom of God could materialize in their midst to displace the evil kingdom has lain beyond the outer limits of their expectations. This, in turn, has forced them to settle for merely living an honorable life in a dishonorable environment. So going back again to the mountaintop, the seven mountains, uh, excuse me, represent the seven kingdoms. Those kingdoms need to be displaced. Those kings need to be displaced with new kings, those who God has chosen to be in the top of that position, not work with no displaced, removed. But if there's something that's got to be able to qualify to take its place. When the political, when the pivotal role of the marketplace in God's plans is unveiled, a new paradigm emerges. Marketplace Christians soon discover that in the same fashion that traditional pastors minister God's transforming power to individuals and domestic institutions such as marriage and family in the context of the church, they can also minister to people in secular institutions that operate in the marketplace. All of a sudden, the marketplace ceases to be a stronghold of the devil that needs to be avoided, and it becomes a place of dynamic ministry to stage a spiritual transformation. To better understand this, we need, we need to see how Jesus viewed the marketplace and his role in it. We'll look at this in the next chapter. And that is our end for the lesson today.
Questions, comments, criticism, concerns. Oh, good afternoon. How you doing today? I'm good, Nene. How you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Um, over the past couple of days, I've heard some disturbing news. What's that? One was over at Bishop Brazier's church. One of the bishops over there got married, and she got married to the same sex that she was. And he asked her to step down from her position. Mm-hmm. So his other people that was out of the congregation, they thought that it was wrong for him to say, you know, to tell her that. But God already said in His law and His commandments what he what 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 he was accepting and what he wasn't accepting. Mm-hmm. So I get mad at him going by God's rule. <laughs> well, that's what people do. Now, ever since the past this thing about gay rights and all of that, it seems like with every year there's still more stuff more that's gonna try to force people to come over to their way of thinking. And when they joined church, if they were paying attention, they knew what God was accepting and what he wasn't accepting. Now, the second thing I heard was it was a husband and wife. The husband was a chiropractor. And then the wife, she had a good job, too, but they was living beyond their means to the point for where they had got in debt of in the tune of $250,000. Nice round number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, 214000 they owed in back taxes. <laughs> okay. So the bill... They lived in, but also had husbands practicing. It was on the 17th floor. Now, there's 91 floors in the building, but they were on the 17th floor. They did a suicide pact. They wrote suicide notes, put it into a Ziploc bag, and they jumped from the 14th. They jumped from the 17th floor. So they said when the police got there, they were face up and found this Ziploc bag with the suicide notes in it, saying how much they were in debt, that they couldn't go on, and whoever finds the notes, could they please take care of their two children that's still upstairs? They couldn't go on and what? They said that they couldn't go on being that much in debt, and I think they had a couple of health problems. Mm. So whoever found the note, could they please get their children, take care of their children? They they are still upstairs. Oh, that's so nice. They're going to leave their family behind. And all that I can say is really, um, people have a whole lot more, but then, too, but see, this is showing for where their faith lies. (laughs) 
their face was in with all they had material-wise, and now since caught up with them, they're not seeing a way out. Yep. And if somebody directed them to Jesus, sure enough, it wasn't going to turn around just like that, but then, too, it would get the ball rolling. It's to them to slow down and start paying attention to what God has to tell them or show them. I know a friend of mine, he said yesterday, I forget exactly how he said it. It might even be Meeks who said it, but how we have to not let temporary problems make us make foolish decisions. You know, temporary problem, you don't have you superposing debt or whatever, but that's not you worth you taking your life for, but, you know, that's what we right. do. Now, they had another family, the wife and the three kids, they was driving somewhere, and the guy had lost control of his car and wound up killing the wife, which was also pregnant. And then... Um, the boys, and I think the youngest one, he was in a coma. Well, he had just died a few days ago. So here it is. Her husband has lost his whole family, basically in the blink of an eye. And it's down to the point uh, of so much people that say, well, look what they're doing, look what they're doing. But, you know, that's the same thing the devil's telling Eve. Even even though Eve was told to eat from that tree, it's going to result in death. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know the devil had persuaded her to go ahead and try it. She ate it, and she's like, ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> And then went persuaded Adam to go eat from the tree, which he also knew better. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with me. But look what all they had to go through once they went here and disobeyed. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many um, crazy laws that man passes, and you know from the from from the start, what God's gonna accept and what He's not gonna accept. True enough, we're not supposed to pass judgment. And then, too, by his law, we have to be accountable for that, for our free will ourselves. So if you do see somebody that wants to dress up like a woman and he's male, okay, I don't hate you. I'm not going to sit up here and get along in your mess with you. But in the meantime, when it comes down to judgment day, you still got to explain this to God. And like for right now, you know, with the transformation of uh, making people look prettier or even more handsome, it has really gone awry. Uh, One guy, he got married to his wife. He never seen her without makeup. Well, I guess on the honeymoon, 
he got the chance to see her without makeup, and he went back and said he wanted a divorce. <laughs> he felt like he had to see. That's funny. I we get caught up in this thing for how things look, but did you dig deeper enough to see the whole person? Mm-hmm. And not just enough to set up there and make the people that's on the outside looking in be um, envious or jealous. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so a lot of this stuff is coming up now, too, for where people say, oh, really? And But this is what other people think. And two, this is a test to see if who who are we really with? Are we with the image and all the fanfare and glitter that comes along with it? Or are we really about the truth and following the wheel? Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> I got you, baby. Nine, 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 nine. Nine, nine. Nine, nine. You gonna say hi, Sam? Hmm. Oh. Jibber jabber says you to try to say hi to everybody. <laughs> I'm saying hi. I just said it in my own language. <laughs> Yeah, so like I said, I've been seeing seeing a lot of stuff like this going on, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, really? Quite a few people, they latching on to it and acting like they happy to follow these folks to hell. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else got anything? Questions, comments, criticisms, conclusions.
Yeah, I got a prayer question. Who wants prayer? Yeah, I stepped on up. All right. Nene, Randa go dilega shishi go stand Randa go shishi go roboski dilega kan Randa ka Randa go Randa go Randa go dilega shishi dilega shishi dilega shishi dilega shishi dilega book Randa shishi dilega shishi and Randa sadaka book Randa dilega shishi dilega shishi and roski dilega sadaka Randa go shishi dilega shishi and Randa go shishi dilega sadaka. Go for a shitty to go say this, carried a combuski to the Gasada, book brandy to go say she to go Saraka Daka, book or a shitty to go say she did to go Sandraska, Brandy go say she go Saraka Daka, Handros to go say, and Dicky Baka, Dicky say she to go say she to go Saraka. Yeah, yeah. Father God, Romboku did the Gasset de Kumbuska Raganda. Continue to move her in the capacity that you wanted to move, Lord. Continue to let her go there to reveal to her those things that are needed, so she can truly become the woman of God that you called her to be. Help her to see you, Lord. Help her to see and to seek you, Father. Help her to see and to seek you, Father. Help us to see and to seek you, Father. Rondo Gosesha de Gosaga, Rondo Gosaga, San Boski de Daga, Sidukuran Boski de Gaga, Rondo Gosesha de Gosaga, as you continue to mold her for the task and the job that is in front of her to do. Bless, anoint, reveal, keep, and move in her life so she can become the fullness of what you want her to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. I receive that. Amen. All right, who's next? Well, you can pray for me next, and um, an extra dose for the family. Since today is Ma's birthday, so everybody is feeling some kind of way. Father God, I'm praying again for her family right now. I'm praying against depression and oppression right now in the name of Jesus. I say cease and desist. Holy Spirit, let your word in your life come forth and illuminate. Let your word in your life come forth. Strengthen. Let your word in your life come forth. Help them to go forth as you continue to minister, as you continue to speak, as you continue to reveal to them the truthfulness of who you are. Let them not pull back, but walk forward, Lord, in you, yet and bless them abundantly. In your holy name I say amen. And let me pray for Pamela. Rondo Gosishir Gosan Rondo Gosarakadaka. Rondo Gosishin Rondo Gosishir Gadaka. Rondo Gosishir 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 Gosarakadaka. Rondo Gosishir Gosishin Rondo Gosadaka. Rombotir Gosidititir Gubaka. Shindukura Gosishir Gosadaka. Hundred Gosishir Gosan Rondo Gosidagadakubuki Gadaka. Shidishir Gumbuku. Hundred Gosishir Gosishir Gosishin Rondo Gosa. Yes, Father God. Murumbotir Gasanda. Burundi Gosishir Gosan Rondo Gosadaka. Rondo Gosishir Gosishin Rondo Gosadagada. 
Rando, 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 There was only four of us on the line. Okay. You said what? What would you say? I said there were only four of us on the line. Oh, okay. There's, how you doing, Felicia? Failing you. Yeah, I'm doing just, I'm, 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 I'm doing. Uh, hold, hold on one second. Um... Sam, hmm? I was talking to Cheryl. Mm-hmm. I called up on Father's Day just to check bases with her. You know, a lot of things you used to tell me on the prayer line, they're coming back to my remembrance. A lot of different sayings and things that, you know, as we go back and forth, she said she's really starting to see them at another level now. And so you asked me how I'm doing. I'm paraphrasing. She said, I'm choosing to be fine. Mm-hmm. Choosing to speak what I am and to walk it in and to trust God. Ain't that as, as, as an encouragement to you from somebody who's also dealing with what you're dealing with, to choose your position and let God carry you there. And that's how we have to learn not to walk by feelings. How we feel, then we'll never progress. But if we walk, and exactly what Mark said, prophesy where you're going to be. Speak over your own life, even though at the moment you might be experiencing negativity, hurt, pain, but you speak peace, you speak life, you speak health and wholeness, and you stand in it according to the Spirit of God, then Who's going to lead you? Either your body's going to lead you or your spirit's going to lead you. And if this is what your spirit's saying and where you are, then your body and your soul has to line up and pull you to where you're, where, you, where you're confessing to be. So just basically just, you know, giving you words of encouragement from somebody who's also going through just how to stand and stand there for. Well, you know, that's the only way I've been able to deal with, with my family. <laughs> yeah, it'll be funnier for me one day, but right now, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I mean, yeah, you know, just not, you know, not focusing on, you know, like on all the negativity and, um, you know, not getting caught up in in their drama. Um, I mean, and I see how. The the I see how the the anger and the 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 hatred the you know maybe hate is a, is the wrong word but definitely the anger and the bitterness and that I see how it's affecting my sister's health mm. and you know 
she doesn't see that. She doesn't, you know, recognize that the way she's treating me is having a direct effect on her health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see it, and I'm I'm not going out like that. I'm just not. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I'm usually tempted to to respond in kind to her, but um, I choose not to. It won't it won't it won't help and it won't solve anything. And so I just you know I just don't. And I'm really just kind of numb, to be quite honest. Um, Yeah, I'm just kind of numb. Yep, 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 yep. All righty. I think Felicia did. Felicia, did you come back? Yes, I'm back. If you come back, this is where you belong. Oh, 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 come back. Oh, okay. Hi, Felicia. You want prayer, Felicia? Yes. Okay, Felicia, I pray for you. Father God, I want to Felicia. Lord, bless this woman. Let your word rise up in her heart so she can see you at another level. Amen. All right. Amen. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'll run with that. Look at her. You know you're wrong for that one. <laughs> You said amen. <laughs> oh, funny, funny, funny. Let me see something. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm trying to see if I can find something in the book real quick. Pretty sure you were on when I read that part, but I'm going to read it again. The Holy Spirit has since illuminated scriptures that clearly teach that there is divine anointing for business. As a result, many portions of the word have come to light to show that those called to make the marketplace that perish already have the fullness of the Holy Spirit and all of his gifts to take the kingdom of God to the heart of the city. 
In order to do this, they are entitled and expected to use these gifts in the same fashion that professional ministers use them when they stand behind a pulpit. Practically, this means doing business in the power of the Holy Spirit and having church all over the city, just as the early Christians did. Even though I was not able to express it so clearly in my youth, this is exactly what I used to do in my job because I had been anointed for business. To be anointed for business is to be set aside by God for service in the marketplace. Once anointed, we are to use our job as a ministry vehicle to transform the marketplace so that the gospel will be preached to and heard by every creature in our sphere of influence. The same principle applies in all areas of the marketplace, business, education, and government. Anointing is an important subject in the scriptures that is often associated with oil, which symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Pouring, rubbing, or smearing something or someone with oil was the biblical way to indicate that a person, item, or place had been set aside for divine use. When a person was anointed, a large amount of oil was poured on the head to symbolize the totality of the person was set aside. Such an anointing was done for full-time consecration. Kings, priests, prophets, and places were set aside in toto, T-O-T-O, for divine service. Part-time anointing or anointing for part-time ministry is not found in the Bible. In Psalms, we're shown the picture of oil running down the head, the beard, and eventually the robes of Aaron. The passage compares the anointing to the Dua Hermon, which comes down upon the mountains of Zion. Abundant, overflowing, enveloping, transforming, transforming anointing is what we see in the Psalms. This level of anointing is precisely what God has in mind for people in the marketplace. He wants to anoint them with so much of his Holy Spirit that they will open their eyes so that sinners will turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God. This anointing is meant to transform people and their environment that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in God. Woman of God, what does that mean to you when I was reading that? Okay. Now, I'm going to go grad level on you since you have so much to say. Woman of God, what is your spirit saying when I was reading that to you? You know, and um, 
Like one of the things that he had wanted me to do was minister on the bus and on the trains and at the stations and stuff, which I have not done. Um, and not just to everybody, but just there have been people he has pointed out to me, you know, and I have not done a check. So, yeah, the ministry is there. It's just, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Again, I, and the thing is, I know it, and I just, it's just, it's a comfort zone that I have to step out of. You know, I could do it on a on a group level, but not on one on one, which is weird. Like, you know, some people say I can only talk to one person at a time. It's like for me, I gotta talk to a group of people. I'm just the opposite, you know. So, yeah. A question for you. Yeah. Do you want to be anointed for business? I want to be anointed for what he has called me to do. And that's it. And that's it. And that's the, that's the thing I'm not clear on. Like, am I anointed for, does he want me anointed for business or not? That's the thing. I don't know. So basically you're saying whatever he wants to anoint you with, you're, you're saying yes to? Yes. Okay. All right, Father God, you heard of woman here. Hmm. Okay. You ready? Um, sure. We're about to do a work in you, woman. I'm about to let you know that right now. What happened to the other prayer? Lord, just... So you like that nice, simple prayer, you know. <laughs> See, you're going to get enough to play it, because I thought that was it. I'm like, oh, cool, all right. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, what did that Deuteronomy confession that you all supposed to be doing? I know it's Deuteronomy 7. Hold on. Well, Sam, while she's looking for that, can I interject something? Sure. Um, 
the answer that you would that you asked was never answered, and I'm not being funny at all, but I have to go back to something that we were talking about two months ago with Pam, Lisa, and Felicia. They were all supposed to be starting businesses at the same time, so I don't know how you don't know the answer to yes, I want to be known to for business, or no, I don't, if that's what you said that was a desire of yours for the three of them. I'm just saying, I'm not picking a fight. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just basically reminding of people's confession of when we were praying for them to exchange gifts so basically they could all be bolder in their gifting for business. It's quiet in the church. <laughs> What's that Deuteronomy prayer? <laughs> Deuteronomy 7, what, fam? Um, um, 17 through 23. Did you ignore me, fam? Ah, no, I, 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 I hear you. I, 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 I hear you. Oh. I, I'm not ignoring you. It was just, I didn't consider, because the thing is, I don't consider what I want. Um, have all the dishes, sir, because I still see dishes over there. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the cup and the, and the silverware. He did it somewhere. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't consider. See, and that's where I think I'm kind of like, it sounds like I'm being difficult and I'm trying. I'm really not. Because what I want to do, I don't consider it business. I consider it a service. Okay, well, hold on right there. What's the definition of service? Oh, you seriously going to go change The definition of service is basically to provide something in exchange for something else, right? Yeah. Well, that's business. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you this scripture, and then I'm going to I'm going I'm to hang up. I really am. I'm going to give you the scripture. I'm going to hang up. No. Um, man of God, my you husband just died. Yeah. My husband just died. What should I do? Well, what do you have in your house? Well, I just have a flask of oil. Go borrow many vessels, not a few. Fill them with oil, and until the last container is filled, the oil will remain. Sell the oil, pay off your creditors, and live, you and your child. The service was what? The oil. What did she do with the oil? She sold the oil. What did she do after she sold the oil? She bought oil. She tried to offer this thing. She paid off. She paid off her debt. She paid off her debt, okay. and then the commandment was for her to live off of the rent remains. And we never Correct. heard of her dying. So therefore, since we never heard of her dying, she died in wealth because her story never came back up in the book again. 
Okay. We know that she basically had a service that she poured oil and she sold the flasks of oil back to the people. And then it says that she, her, the commandment was to sell the oil, pay off your creditors, and live, you and your son. So that meant she died with substantial amount of money. Why? Because she never came back up in the book. The story was gone and done at that point. But her service was she had oil. They didn't have oil, so she sold them oil that they did not have. But there was an exchange. That was her service. Okay. Then she paid off her bills. She did what she had to do in her house, and she lived, her and her child, and it didn't mention them no more. So you can't look at your actual service as if it was not a business because that's why you were given the service from the beginning for you to basically know what God wanted you to do because it was a service that you are providing. And services always have an exchange. So when Sam asks you, do you want to be anointed for business, and then you say that I want to be anointed for whatever it is that he will want me to be anointed for, then therefore you just negated the fact of him telling you that you were in business from the beginning when you said that three months ago, when it was you talking about your tutoring service. Right. Okay. Okay. And you write in curriculum. You're going to give curriculum Mary for first? You said what? I said, and you said you were writing curriculum. Are you going to give that away for free? Because people don't give away curriculum for free. Well, okay. You want to know why they don't give curriculum away for free? Look on Amazon or Books a Million and Books.com how many textbooks they charge me for when I got to pay for school books. I know that sounds like me being an a-hole right there, but I'm being serious. Curriculum is not free. But the person who wrote the curriculum was providing a service so they could get paid. All right. Sam, when I came back on, Sam said, These are, we're going to master's level. I can't piddle around you with you like you in high school because I know that you're far advanced at You said what? I said, I'm not going to piddle around with you like you don't know who you are or what you are because I said you're far advanced that, but you know what, what God is saying to you. So my question to you now to answer the question from Sam, do you want to be anointed for business or not? Yes. Sam, there's your answer. I'm going on mute. All right. You ready, Felicia? Yeah. Am I ready? No. Am I willing? (sighs) Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much over (laughs) now. What? And when I, and when I say I'm pretty much over it, it's just like, and 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 I'm quite sure anybody who is 
in this moment understands what I'm saying. And you and you've been here too. It's like I'm over it. Like I know why I've been going around this corner. Going in circles for like the past year or so or several months or whatever it is it's been. So it's just like I'm over it. You know, I don't want to be like the children of Israel where God was just like, you know, because of your disobedience, you don't get to see the promise that only your kids will see it. So instead of you just walking into your promise the way I, the way I promised you, you're going to have to fight for this land that's really not the promise, but you know, you're going to still be able to still do it, and this will be your land until you die. You know, and I don't want that. I want to see what he's promising so I can see what my kids get to see, you know. And you're like, oh, wow, this is awesome, you know. But so, yeah. Um, I'm pretty much over it. No. So what I'm going to do, got a paper and a pen, you need to go get one. Um, okay. Um, one second. Oh, my Oh, Jesus. You ready? No, hold on. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be difficult. My mind is shutting down on me. Hold on a second. <sighs> like I to myself, I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay, hold on. Let me get a, a sheet of... Uh, what? Hmm? I, I'm getting... <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> hold on a second. Um, I got a sheet of paper. Gotcha. Got it, got it, got it. I need you to turn that down. You see me on the phone. Don't make me get... Don't let, don't make me get irritated this early. Turn it down. Okay. Now you ready? Yes. Okay. Now before I say different things to you, I'm going to let you know you said something that I'm over it. You said, what would you say again? I'm over it. Is what you said? I'm over it. Yeah, I'm over it. 
I'm going to take that to mean that at this point in your walk that you're done as far as I'm going to say like your rock bottom that you 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 need you're going to do whatever it takes now. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> now, I'm going to shift in a high second, but I want to confirm what you said, that you said you are over it. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm? That's what I said, yeah. That means you're at rock bottom. Is that what that means? I've been here, yeah. <laughs> and that uh-huh. at this time... You're ready to do whatever you have to do. Is is this where I I, I need affirmation because, see, when I shift, I I need you to understand why. Okay. That's why I'm over this again. Like Peter, like Jesus and Peter, will you feed my sheep? And he asked him three times. I need to know that this is what you're saying and that you're for real. Okay. I got you. I got, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm making sure I understand because, um, you know, seriously, I'm, I'm I'm trying to stay focused, and so I'm trying to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying before I say. That's that's a beautiful yeah. thing. I need you to do that. <laughs> so what you're saying is. Needs to be repeated. So I can repeat what you said. So I can make sure I heard what you said. You said you were saying that you are over it. I'm over it. Yes. Which I am interpreting and translating to mean that you have hit, you've bottomed out. That you're at your bottom, and from this point on. Your mindset is to do whatever is necessary and needful for you to come out and become the woman of God he's called you to be. Yes. Like, I need to, and yes, I need to know exactly how he wants me to do this because I have, like I said, yes. Okay. All right. Okay. One, 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 one. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Mark is already going tone. I, I, that's a tone that I know. But go right ahead. <laughs> that, among other things, with the Spirit of God, you will learn to do those things because you're going to obey. We okay, don't you're know what to You're going to have to... Uh, all of us who have the spirit of God don't know what to do all of the time. We just obey when we're led. So even mm-hmm. Sam or I don't necessarily know what it is that you have to do or you're going to do. You just have to be obedient. And you, mm-hmm. just, and you, and you walking around the mulberry bush, you're still doing the same thing because you're skating around obedience. It's either yes or no without the actual explanation of if you can do it or not. 
because he's just he's just requiring if you inquiring can you do this or will you do this and typically the response is when we go through the process of becoming elders and leaders in the church typically yes with the help of god that's my surrenderance to the fact that i know that i cannot do it and the only way that it will get done is with his help so we say yes with the help of god or lord um yes lord be my help because that's the only way for any of us to make it. And see, yes, and I will do it, and Lord be my help. And here's my conundrum, if you will. Um, what he has shown me to do. I've been doing it, but it's like, is it set? And so I don't think it's a business. It's more just a putting the right people together with the right people. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, remember, okay, I usually say I can. I, he shows me how to connect the dots. And what he shows me is how one plus one equals two. And put this person with that person and watch what they do go further. And that's it. So it's not so much as me doing anything, but just connecting people to, to each other, you know, so it's not so much, that's what I'm saying, it's more of a service than a serving than anything that has a monetary value. So you're a matchmaker now. Right. Well, let, let me, let okay. me, can I come in right quick? Mm-mm, not yet. No, wait, wait, wait. No, no, not yet. Oh. Hold on one second. Uh, Matchmakers uh, get paid, right? Uh uh-huh. The millionaire the million millionaire matchmaker should get paid, right? Good money. By providing he, service, right? Right. Okay. I'm trying to but, I'm trying to figure out when, when you want me to figure out where you are versus where you will figure out where I am. I know I know what you're saying, but that's the thing. that's what I'm saying. Like i I don't see it. it he has not given me <sighs> He has not given me to put a price tag on it. The Bible like, says that he has given you the power to obtain let, wealth. Let me stop this right now. Okay. 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 Now, I'm going to tell you what and why. First of all, I asked you if you wanted to be anointed for business. That means God had not yet given you the power from on high for you to walk in accordance with what he needs you to be because he's been training you for it. So you weren't in a position to be god lived driven to walk. So the question was, I anointed by God. That was first of all. Second of all, I'm asking you the questions because when you do this and you accept this assignment, you're going to have to have some transformations in your thinking, your mind, and your understanding. It's going to be major transformations, and you can't walk around wavering. As I'm listening to you, I hear so much fear wavering. He got to get rid of all of that. All of that, you have to divorce yourself from it so you can get an understanding and walk in the assuredness of what you're doing and why you're doing it, and that is valuable. 
See, these are things that I see and I hear you talking. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a finite thing, and you have not yet asked him to anoint you. That's the first step. That's the first step. When you get the anointing, then you will be able to fine-tune everything else, but you got to get the anointing and then divorce yourselves from the fear, doubt, and insecurity that is right now because you're wavering and you're stagnating. You can't, you're trying to do level seven, eight, nine, and you ain't done one yet. Now, second of all, it's going to call for a violent transformation because I say constantly, you're used to being on a job. It's a whole other thing when you're on a business. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to differ. See, you're used to moving and dissipating. All that's going to have to go out the window, girl. It's going to have to go out the window. And he's going to See, first of all, let me say this. He wouldn't call you if you weren't capable. You have proven to him that you're capable. Now he's saying, let me train you in all of this and give you what you need, but you got to get the, you got to get the thing. You got to get anointed first. Okay. You're down the street, and because you don't see how to put the dots together, you're stopping from coming out the door. Get out the door before you can get down the street, but because you see all the obstacles and I don't understand. See, that's stopping you from coming out the door. But I'm trying to tell you right now, when he anoints you, you're going to have to allow him to transform your thinking, your way of doing things, because it's not going to work in the environment that you're going in. You're not going to be able to produce and reap a harvest and, and with the mindset. So that means you're going to have to undergo some training, both naturally and spiritually. Naturally, because of the aspect that you're going to have to study business, different things, this, that, and the other. And you're going to also have to just, well, just like we're doing with the anointing, you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit train you in application. Just like you had to drive at night when you didn't want to drive at night. Just like you had to drive in a car which needed repair. You're going to have to do a lot of things that's going to make you uncomfortable, but you're going to have to lean on God and allow him to carry you through. See, everything that he had you going through with the Uber and all the other stuff was proving if you were ready. For now he's saying, can I anoint you? But I'm telling you, when he anoints you, you're going to have to go forth. You can't go back. You can't go back. When he anoints you, and so the confessions and things, you ain't got time. You, well, I'm not, you ain't got time to do them tomorrow. What did that man say that in order to survive in business, that he had to have a whole total transformation in the thing, that his prayer life took on a whole other thing because he was that dependent upon God to bring him through. That's what God is taking you to. That's why I was asking those questions three and four times. Because if you're walking in this meek, mild manner, it ain't going to work. So now, for the last time, do you want him to anoint you for business? That's the question I need you to answer. Yes. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to ask for those who are in business to pray for you individually. I'll go first since I started this, and whatever God wants to speak into your life. See, this is what we talk about, the gifting and exchange of gifts. See, this is going to allow you to supernaturally advance where things you might have struggled or quit because you have people to be able to impart life in you in areas where you were dead. You have people to give you mentoring in areas where you might not have gone. See, that's the strength of us coming together. So, Holy Spirit, right now, anoint 
God for that which you want her to do. Shakandra, I speak life. I speak vision. I speak strength. I speak longevity and perseverance into her life, Father. She can become the fullness of what you're calling her to be. I say fear, doubt, and unbelief right now. Today, she is divorcing you. Today, she is saying, I am making a decree. I will not go back into whom I was. I will walk, run, fight, whatever I do to become the fullness of who God called me to be. I divorce myself from you today. Is that your decree over your life, Felicia? Say yes or no. Yes. Father God, she is saying yes to that which you want her to do. Lord, I'm going to come in and ask, would you move in a violent way? Because you said the kingdom of heaven suffering violent and a violent taken by force. You understand what is needed in order for her to be overcome. So Holy Spirit, give her a warrior spirit in a violent manner. So she will no longer just settle and walk in mediocrity. She will now fight and strive for excellence because that is what you're calling her to. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Any business person who chooses to pray for her, I'm asking that she would do so at this time. Give me one second. I'm trying to get some scooting to where I can talk. Give me like a couple seconds. Let me just move as fast as my feet are carrying me. couple seconds, almost there. I'll do mine at the end because I got to go take care of something real quick, Sam. Go ahead, Mark. Okay. Hello again, Felicia. Yes. Yes, I'm still here. Oh, okay. How you feeling? I'm good. All right, all right, girl. So before I before I get started, I you know, the question I know that Sam has already posed this question. But it's a question that I, sorry, that I would need to pose as well. 
because I think that you should be asked this question and that you should answer this question as many times as necessary, over and over and over again, and over and over and over again, and over and over and over. Really important. Not what you think we want to hear or anything like that or whoever wants to hear, but what's really resonating in your spirit is do you want to be anointed for business? Is this what you really want? Because you have to want it. Because the stuff that you go through, you're going to have to want it. It can't be half want, full. You know, it, it, mm, mm, is this what you really want? For real, for real. Do you have a desire in your heart for it? Because he said to ask for the desires of your heart. So is it the desire of your heart? You know, a lot of times, Felicia, I hear Lisa saying my why. Because Mm -hmm. if your why is not strong enough, you Uh will not endure the test. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And, you know, I'm going to say my quote. Nietzsche said, most of us learning people know who Nietzsche is. Y'all learning people. Nietzsche said, he who has a strong enough why can bear almost any how. And what I am here to tell you is if your why indeed is not strong enough or if it is not clear, if it's not clear and if it's not strong, then you will fold. Your reasoning for doing anything is not strong enough if it is not clear. Why am I doing this day after day after day? Why am I doing this? Why am I enduring the struggles and the heartache and the pain in this? What feels like loss sometimes, humiliation, all of that stuff. You have to be clear because the reasoning why is what gives you the strength that you need to endure. Mm-hmm. See, what I talked about, and I, I'm sorry, guys, I don't mean to be, but y'all know we talk anyway. All this. One of the things I talked about, Felicia, um, at the conference, and, and you know why I wanted you there so badly was because uh, I talked about our story. <clears throat> excuse me, our story. Hello? Hello? I think her phone disconnected her. She'll call back in. Okay.
Sorry about that. Oh, my phone, of course. Sorry about that. Um, one of the things that I talked about was our story, and Pam can attest to this, and Eric Eric is not online, but I talked about how our 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 pain and you know our struggles and that and those unpleasantries that we experience growing up. Too often we make those our full stories. You know, the mommy issues and the daddy issues and getting molested or getting bullied or being in extreme poverty or, you know, not getting along. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever the story is, whatever it is, our illnesses, and they're very real things that cause some very real issues in our lives. And they are not to be taken lightly at all because they shape and they affect who we are. So it's not that I'm saying, you know, to take those things lightly, but what I said is if we are going to walk this thing out, if we're going to discover or rediscover ourselves, if we are going to walk in our destiny and our purpose, if we're going to do all of those things, even walk as daughters and sons, if um, if we're going to walk as kings and queens, all of that stuff, then we need to stop making our tragedies and our heartbreak and our pain and our struggles, the full story, and we need to leave them as a preface or a prologue. You know how a prologue and a preface of a book, Felicia, because I know you love reading, you know how that the preface and the prologue of a book is like maybe two or three pages at most mm-hmm. at the beginning, and then there's the whole rest of the book, and that's a big, thick part of the book, like Harry Potter or something, that's a big, thick, thick, thick part. That's the part that we're trying to get to. That's the mm-hmm. part with the, all the action and, you know, going to tell us what's going to happen. That's, that's, what, that's the platform that we have to give for our lives, meaning we have to give, we have to stop giving so much time and so much energy and attention overall to that little bitty, this part, which is the heartache and the pain, and give the energy towards the overcoming. We have to make we have to make <clears throat> this thing about the getting up and about the and, and not about the being knocked down part. You know, and what I said was, you know, and I'm going somewhere with this. What I said was, why do we even still, you know, talk about Daniel being in the lion's den? You know, that's the story, right? That's the story of the ages is that every doggone black gospel song. Why do we talk about it so much? We didn't talk about it because he was thrown in there. We talked about it because he walked away without flesh, right? Why don't we talk about, you know, Sherrod, Meshach, and the Billy Goat? Because they were thrown into the fire. Yeah, we know that they were thrown into the fiery pit, but we really celebrate them because they walked out not even smelling like smoke. Why do we talk about Jesus in the cross? It was very unpleasant. He did, you know, he died on the cross and, and, and endured all of that. But would it really, really have mattered as much as it did if he didn't get back up? So for you, if you are, if you're going to, walk in this business thing, and you still didn't answer the question, did you really want to do it, but um, if that is what, what, what you're going to do, if that is what you truly believe is in your heart to do, then we're going to have to start pushing that other stuff 
and, and leaving it as a preface of the prologue state and move on to your real full story because that's the platform for God to do what he needs to do. Why am I even bringing all of this stuff? Because I believe just from our conversations and from what you've shared on the line that part of you being stuck, that part of, of what is keeping you bound and hostage is your past, is that prologue. We're still reading the prologue. We're still reading the prophet. We're still reading the, the stuff. And we have not begun to walk in the next stage yet. And so you have to make a decision to just leave that right where it's at, leave that preface and that prologue right where it's at, and move on into our destiny and no longer be bound by that stuff. And so I will begin my prayer now for you. Father God in heaven, well, we just come to speech in your throne today for our sister Felicia, your mighty daughter who is a warrior queen in your kingdom but be that as it may she just needs a little bit more of you today she needs a little bit more courage she needs a little bit more conviction in this thing she needs a little bit more clarity she needs a little bit more boldness she needs a a little bit more um steadfastness um as far as walking this thing out, as far as walking this thing out. So, Father, my prayer today, as, as, as she says, she said earlier that she wanted to walk in the uh, business anointing, in the business arena, my prayer is that you bestow those things that I just mentioned upon her, that you make clear to her her why that you remove all of that, the noise, all of the noise, all of the smoke in the mirrors, and all of that, the fuzziness, her vision is, is, is fuzzy and is blurry. I'm asking that you remove all of those things today, that you remove those things today from her. I'm asking that you put her in a place where no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, just like the children of Israel, the question was, if you feel fear, will you go back to Egypt? If it gets too hard, will you choose to go back to bondage and slavery? That is the question. And I'm asking to give, asking you to give her such a supernatural dose of boldness and courage and clarity that she says, oh, no, I will not go back. I'm asking that you that you make all of her crooked roads straight. I'm asking that you just show her clearly, blindingly clearly what it is that you will have for her to do, that you remove any fear and excuses. It's been too long. It's been too long. This is not your will for her. This is not your will for her. And so today I'm I'm, I'm I am be Seeking your throne on her behalf today, that you violently pull out anything at the root that is hindering her progress, that is hindering her growth, that you remove anybody, any person, any human that is knowingly or unknowingly hindering her progress and her growth. 
violent transformation because that's what it is going to take, violent transformation to come up out of this, violent transformation to remove and turn her face away, her most importantly, her spirit away from the past that is seeking to continue to eat up her years like the canker worm. That is the focus of my request today, is that whatever is the blockage and the hindrance, that it be removed, that the scales be yanked, not taken gingerly, but yanked off of her eyes, and that whatever it takes, whatever it takes for the will to be done, whatever it takes to push her into her destiny for her to transition and go to another level, to go to the next level because she is not to be stuck here. Whatever it takes for her to go to the next place so that she can go ahead and get out there and serve the way she's supposed to, no more excuses, no more overthinking, no more verbal gymnastics, no more hiding in, in Google, none of that, none of it. None of it. None of it. It's time to move. So, Father, please push her, move her feet, one in front of the other, into the direction that you will have for her to go. And plant in her spirit anything that is needed. Plant around her soldiers and angels that will help her, that will minister to her as she goes about this journey. Today, immediately now, and we, and we bind in this moment, in this moment, we bind any force, any spirit that seeks to keep her afraid, bound in self-doubt and low self-esteem and low self-confidence and people-pleasing and worrying about what people have said in the past, all of those seeds that have been planted and all of that garbage that's been written on her slate, we bind all of that today. That no longer exists. You will cease and desist and take your hands off of this woman of God. It is over and it is done as of today, as of this very moment. And what has been written that is negative and that is against what God has for her will be erased and never to be written again. Never to be written again. It is over. And it is finished because it is now time for this woman of God to walk. There will be no more distractions. There will be no more fear that overtakes and keeps bound. There will be no more of, of, of the disbelief. There will be no more because you, woman of God, will walk confidently and boldly into your destiny. That has been predestinated for you before you were even born for your mother's womb. And that is what will be declared and decreed today in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, I have one thing to say. I pray that you have the same faith in God as you had in Uber. I pray that you have the same faith in God 
that you had an Uber that you knew that God was going to allow you to provide with the ride. Did you not? Hello? Repeat that. I said, I hope that you have, I pray that you have the same faith in God as you had in Uber. Well, I didn't have faith in Uber. So when I, I, was, I was riding with God on that one. That's exactly uh-huh. why I said that. I wanted you to correct me and where your faith truly lied at when you were having provisions from a different source. I specifically said that on purpose. So you can say, no, Mark, I had faith in God the whole time. And I'm saying to you, because you acknowledge that, the same faith that you had that he was going to provide then is the same faith that you need to have that he's going to provide now. Amen? Amen. I'm done, Sam. All right, Felicia. I got one more thing I need you to do. Yes. I need you to talk to your demonic entities that are holding you back, your flesh that is rising up, your soul that wants to make you walk in all the oldness of you. I need you to talk to them right now because this is the thing. You got to let them know that you mean this. Didn't I say there's a whole other transformation? So right now, you need to talk to them to let them know that you mean business. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you a little key to save you some time. However, you start this process will be the starting point for where you are at. Now, let me explain this. Because of God being God, because of the exchanging of gifts and things we do on this line, he has so granted you some things you don't have to go through because of a body. Some things that have been implanted in you, God has said, well, I'm going to supernaturally take you to the next level. But I'm giving you a key. If you say, well, okay, I, I want to thank you right now because I'm, I'm going to become. That's exactly where you're going to start at, dear. But if you say, you know what, look, you, you know, today I got to be a different person. Today I'm not going to allow you to do what you do. Today I'm not even going to allow myself to hope. Today I got to let all y'all know that I'm changed. See, that's where you need to start at. So before you open your mouth and decree over your own life, because, see, now this is your life you're talking about. This is your future. This is where you're going to be started at because God is supernaturally going to take you and start you where he needs you to be. Just like I forget the prophet, he told him to smash the bowls on the ground, and he did it a few times. He said if you did it so many more times, you'd have been living that many more times. So whatever you open out and whatever spirit you open out of your mouth is going to be where you started. I'm done.
Okay. You see how difficult that is just to even find that? Just, just to even find the right mindset. The right, you see how difficult that is? See again, I, I'm coming to you from a mental position. I'm coming from you. From, I'm trying to. I'm trying to help you right now. So in other words, get rid of Felicia. Get rid of what you thought. No, no, no. I'm coming from somebody who's a little bit further down the road with a whole lot more understanding saying, no, girl, I need you to touch some areas in your life that you don't really want to touch and you're not familiar and you got to go beyond yourself. See, even in that aspect, just for you to find the right spirit to talk, you're saying, well, I just, see, when I mess with you, we're happy, happy, joy in the tulips and all that stuff. Yeah, okay, that ain't going to work for where you at. Now, I'm going back on mute, but I just needed you to see that pause was a meaningful pause, and it was a lot more behind it than just silence. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna go back. And I'm gonna say that I forgive you, which is I forgive myself for making some foolish choices. And I forgive myself. And that it's okay that I, the choices that I made were not good choices. And I forgive myself for them not working for the failure of those choices and not learning from them like I should have and but resting in them the way I've been resting in them which created uh, a home for fear to reside. So I speak to that spirit of fear that has been residing with me for a while now and say failure it's not there's no problem there's nothing wrong with failure as long as I know that I use any failure as a stepping stone instead of a burial stone. And so every failure that I've had up until now, I use it as a stepping stone to go to the levels in God that he wants me to go into. I use those failures now 
as a way of climbing out instead of being buried under them. And no matter what people say, I'm not guilty of failing. I'm guilty of letting those failures bury me instead of build me up. Because that's why the word of God says you can get, you know, you can fall seven times. But it's all in getting up. And so, Lord, I get up. I speak to my spirit. It's now time to really get up and look at every failure for what it was. What your mindset was. What you could have done different. But it was that. It was just that's it. It was what it was. It was not meant to tear you down and make you sit back. It was just meant for you to learn and keep moving just the way you've been learning now through the other failures you've gone through. And you've learned from them and you've kept them and you've stepped on them to step up. So, that's why I am. Let every failure that I let the uh, burial stone now rise up on the walls around me so that I can climb to the level that God wants me to climb to. No matter what my dad says, um, baby daddy drama and all this other stuff, the kids, the people, even my own mindset sometimes, I'll look at those as stepping stones now. Lord, I pray that you will situate each and every one of them in the where they need to be so that I'll be able to climb up and up and up and up and up. For my care for your glory. Amen. All righty then. Anybody else want to pray for? Okay. Well, I'm gonna say no. Uh, I got a prayer request. I need to pray for Susie Webb. 
Pull her back to life. Pull her back to you, Lord. Pull her spirit where you are. Help her to divorce those things that are holding her hostage. Bring her to where you need her to be so she can walk in the full anointing and calling on her life. Help her to see you and to move at the level that you want her to move. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And let me go ahead and do my peoples that I don't always forget. Uh, Brandon Allen, Rando Grande, 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 Sakara. <laughs> Train area, Hondrandu Gosation of Gosation, Rando Gosarakadaka, Rando Gosation of Gosarga, Sakara. Nimbani also knows this Lord, Rando got it together, got it together, got it together, Rando did the Gosation of Gosation of Sadrata or the Godaka, Rando got it together, Sedagosa, Sakara. All righty. Okay, who's next? He looked crazy on the what? Anybody else want to pray? Okay. Um, anything I can think of to pray about right now? I don't think so. Somebody want to Just, yeah, real quick. I'm going to have to get off the phone. I can maybe squeeze in four hours. Um, last night, I, um, saw a disturbing thing. Like, I didn't know how demonic the force is in Chicago. <laughs> but it's a subtle thing. That is, I pray for Chicago in the outlying area. Um, the spirit is, well, that your spirit 
um, I said an hour, you were right over there. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, but we have to spirit, just go through, over Chicago, through Chicago. Uh-uh. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, okay. That was wrong. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Um, Lord, just in your words, you said that you will feel your word within your people. And so, Lord, I pray right now that in your people you will feel your word so that they will be able to go and reference your word as needed as they go through the navigation in this world, in Chicago. Help us to walk in the path of righteousness that you have set in place and those people that we are supposed to minister to our God give us the wisdom knowledge and understanding that we need to minister to them where they are without judgment but with the heart of Christ giving them the truth so that they can Stop being the children of disobedience, but the children of obedience, the children of you, O oh Father. Give us the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discerning power to know whose are yours and whose are, who is not, so that we will not fall into any trap or snare that the enemy puts before us for your kingdom. That is what we see. And then we assure we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, anybody else got anything? Everybody have a blessed day. Thank you for the prayer. No I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. We'll be over, Smokey. Oh, God, I pray for you, Sam. Oh, that's fine. Oh. Oh, okay. So, you know what? And this is so funny, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it real quick. We're gonna get off the phone for real. So I had a dream. I had a dream there was this man at City Hall who came out with a prayer rug, and he began to block traffic, and he was facing the building 
of City Hall, and he started like a Muslim would do. He was praying and everything, but you couldn't hear what he said. So all of a sudden, people were coming out, and they were getting behind him, and every time he he came up, they came up, you know, the whole whatever. But then when you heard what he started to say, people got angry. And they started walking away. And um, it was, it was, the dream was so clear. I, had, I told them that the dream was so clear. It felt like it was a memory instead of a dream. That's how real it felt. And so um, what happened was when you, when I, when, when my ear focused on what he was saying, because I got upset. I was like, what the? He was in downtown Chicago about the block traffic. Are you serious? So irritated because this is what's been happening all over. Like, but they've been quiet about it. And so um, all of a sudden he goes, thank you, Father God, for all that you have done. Your son prevailed. He is, he, you know, and he was praying to God. And he, he was like, and thank you for the sacrifice you made, Christ, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And so as people were hearing what he was saying, because as he was praying this, he was doing their, he was doing the regular vows that they used as the people of, that does Islam do. But he was praying to the Most High God and, you know, and, and to Christ. And so as the people were hearing his prayers and really listening to it, they started walking away. And it was just like, I told Cynthia, I said, did God, the, the Spirit of the Lord had me focused on the first couple of people that got behind him. And what they did was when they got up, they were like, oh, I thought he was doing the new thing. I tried that before, and I'm not impressed. And so they started walking away. You have been doing what you've been doing for the past few years. And a lot of people have come and gone and come and gone. But you have been steadfast in your prayer. You have been steadfast in the ministry that God has called you to. And man of God continues to do your service. Continue to be that one person that is on the prayer rod, under the prayer shawl, on the wall, doing what you're supposed to do. Because like you know and you've witnessed, a lot will leave, but a lot stays. And it's the one who stays that God is showing 
through you and through everything else. This is it's a connection that will never fail. It's a connection. It's better than any pyramid scheme. It's better than any, you know, anything that you've ever dealt with before. The business worked that God has put in your hand. And you will see the benefits of it. Just continue on. And that is my prayer. Amen. And I'm going to say good night. <laughs> good night, woman. And anybody else before I hang up? You want anything? Nope. Have a blessed day. Okie dokie, Smokey. Peace.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.